Welcome to the Empowered Essence Podcast, where we liberate you and empower you to let your soul lead the way in life and business. I am your host, Laura Lawrence, sharing my thoughts and intimate conversations with featured guests on human design, energetics, and spirituality to provide you with the tools you need to tap into your most authentic self. I am here to empower you to walk away feeling ready to live your most expansive and purposeful life. Let's dive in. Hello, and welcome to this episode of Empowered Essence. Today, we've got my dear friend, Marsha Van Weinsberg, on the podcast. She is a storytelling business coach, speaker, author, and podcaster. Marsha is the six-time best-selling author of When She Stopped Asking Why. She shares her lessons as a parent who dealt with teen substance abuse that tore her family unit apart. Marsha has been published seven times in collaborative books, including Owning Your Choices, Sharing Inspiring Stories of Courage from Women Around the World. Through her tools, NLP certifications, programs, coaching, and two podcasts, Marsha teaches the power of radical responsibility and owning your choices in your own life. She empowers men and women how to own and stand on their stories, be conscious leaders, and build platform businesses that create massive impact. This conversation is so, so incredible. So Marsha was one of my very first clients in my business. We met about three years ago in a mastermind when I was just starting, you know, toying with the idea of starting a business. And she had already started writing books. She was coaching. I definitely saw her as a mentor or someone that I, that I really looked up to. And so when she reached out to me, when I first started talking about human design and said, Laura, I would love a reading by you. I was so honored in all honesty that she wanted to work with me, that she wanted to have a reading and the reading was so fantastic. And we just built this really strong relationship. And the funny fact is that we live in the same city and we just finally met about a month ago. So anyways, Marsha is just an incredible, thoughtful soul. She is a four, six sacral generator and just pure fire. She is so fun to listen to. She's got incredible voice And just such a passion and mission behind what she does. So without further ado, I'm going to pass it on over to the episode. I can't wait for you to listen in. She is just such an incredible, incredible woman. All right. Welcome, everyone. I would love to introduce you to Marsha Van Weinsberg. She is such a dear friend of mine, and we've known each other for almost three years, but we actually only met in real life. About a month ago, we went for dinner and we had drinks and caught up and talked about life and family and all of the things. And it was just so, so nice because we build these deep connections online now since the pandemic. And now we can actually see each other. And it's so, so, so great. Marsha has been such a huge part of my journey, starting my business. We were involved in a mastermind together uh, in 2019 into, into 2020. Mm-hmm. And now we're here. We're sharing her story. I've started a podcast. Lots and lots of things have happened. So welcome, Marsha, to the podcast. Oh, thank you for having me, Laura. Honestly, I'm so excited. I love being a guest. This is fun. And I'm so proud of you for bringing this 
vision, this part of your business to life. And yes, it was fun to finally meet in person. I mean, I love the online space. There's so many incredible things that happen with it, but it is, it is nice to get to meet people in person. For sure. For sure. And so Marsha already alluded to it. She has two podcasts that she leads. So I've been a guest on both of them and now the tables have turned. So this is fun. Now Marsha gets to be in the hot seat. So this is going to be awesome. I love the hot seat. So as I said, probably in the introduction, Marsha is a storytelling business coach. So my very first question for you is what is a storytelling business coach and how did you get into it? I stumbled into it. I'm going to say I stumbled into it. And it really, to me, this is something that um, we, first off, we get so caught up in what our titles are and what they, what they mean in this space. But I have always been fascinated by business. Like it is something I love, love seeing different businesses come up, see them created, see all of the different ways that we can create businesses from small to big. So I've always been fascinated by that. I've always been intrigued about helping more and more women and men build like different businesses. I think the biggest piece missing from most of our businesses is ourselves. We get so wrapped up in the the pieces of the business and what's the the website look like and the message, et cetera. And the thing that's missing is us as people. We need to bring ourselves to our business. There's a reason that we've all started the businesses that we've started or that we're doing what we're doing is because we're called to it because it's really in alignment with who we are. And so learning how to bring your story, your personal story, the lessons you've learned, like what lights you up, the work that you're here to do, bringing that into your business, whether you are a coach, a podcaster, a writer, a brick and mortar business, I think is incredibly important because people buy from people. They they want to know more about people and their backstories. The challenging thing is, is that that's the stuff that nobody wants to dive into and talk about. And I think it's actually the missing piece. Yeah. It also brings so much relatability because we're all going through things. And so I've found this too, is when you're scrolling social media, when you're looking at social media, the people that you're most attracted to, the people that you're most drawn to is the people that you relate with. And that Mm -hmm. is all energetics. And I often say your profile lines in human design are really good indicators of that energy, that role in in your life that you play, that you attract people. And so Marsh is a four, six profile. So the fact that she's a storytelling business coach, I think is, is so incredible. She's building community with her fourth line. She's telling her story through her sixth line. So I think that that is so incredible. And you knew you, when I, when we shared that with you, it was like, your mind was blown when you you found out that you were a four, six profile. Honestly, that is still a piece that blows me away all the time, but you were the very first person to teach me about human design and understanding. I mean, and that's been a slope. I've definitely been learning more and more since we had our very first um, session together, but the four, six made so much sense to me. Like as soon as I learned that, I'm like, oh, I always do that. That's actually, that's exactly who I am. That's what I do. And it really started to open up my eyes. So the other piece where I think this ties really beautifully to story is we tend to resist the parts of ourselves that we think 
uh, that make us different, that make us, you know, why do we have to, why do I have to be like that? Why do I have to always be sharing the story? What, because that's what I'm here to do. That's actually what I'm here to do. And so instead, I think we could all learn to embrace more of who we are and let that be seen. And so that to me feels exactly in alignment with the four, six and the sixth line. I love it. And it's been an experience to learn to love it because I have forever felt that I am late to the game. And I know so many of my friends and clients that I work with who are in their young thirties, sit there and roll their eyes and they're like late to the game. And I'm like, okay, I got 20 years on a lot of you. So it is different, but I've learned to embrace that that sixth line. That's who I am. Like I'm exactly where I'm supposed to be. Yeah. I love that. I'd love for you to share um, a little bit of your journey kind of in 2020 and how that ties to the sixth line um, and then how we connected. I think that that would be something for a lot of people to feel and to resonate, especially those who have six lines in their profile, to know that they're not late to the game, that anything can really happen. Absolutely. So 2020 came, I will back it up one year in 2019. I was in this space where I was still working my full-time job. I was a registered kinesiologist. I was working full-time with clients in physical rehab. And it's something I had done for 27 years. I was really good at my job. I was not loving what I was doing in all honesty. It's like, you know, one of the things where how many of us get stuck in the mundane of what we're doing, we can do it and we can do it well, but it doesn't light us up. So I had this gut feeling that I would be leaving my job. It was very intuitive, very clear. I had no idea how, um, nothing made sense. Like there was no plan I could put into place. And at that point I had already written, written my solo book. I had co-written in four books. My podcast was going, I was doing some coaching, but nothing and not, not enough to be a business in as, as I would see it. So for almost the entire year in 2019, I journaled that I would be every day. It was like, it's the end of 2019 and I have left my job. I'm so happy and grateful for how it unfolded. I had no reason, like there was nothing on the radar to write that, but my gut, I just wrote it every day. And then came the beginning of 2020 and I left the location I was working at with my clients. I'd been there for about 10 years and I left the location thinking, well, maybe if I move to another location, then that would be a better fit for me. And I could, you know, generate more income. There's other things that I could do. So I went through the process of moving locations and that was a really challenging experience, but I I knew I felt, no, this is the right thing to do. Literally moved locations, moved to full-time client base. And four weeks later, the pandemic hits. And our college basically forbade us from working and, and even online working until, Hmm, probably August of 2020. And so I remember coming home and going, what am I going to do now? Like, I don't understand what I'm going to do. I'm extremely intuitive. I know I am. And I sat there and went, I don't think this is going to be two weeks. Like I just immediately just went, because everybody at that time was like flatten the curve and all the things. And I was like, I don't think it's going to be two weeks. And so I woke up the next morning and I remember sitting there and I was like, what if this is exactly what you asked for? Like, what if this is exactly the time that you asked for? And then I didn't look back. I literally went to work. Now I went to work in my old masculine push like hell way and worked like 12 hours a day. I was trying to figure out how I'm going to make a business. And at that point, everybody was very panicky. I turned 50 
in the very beginning of the pandemic, like to the point that no restaurants were open. So Brad couldn't even order anything. There was nothing that he could do. Um, he ra- he arranged a drive-by um, for my birthday, which was really cool. It was like, you know, beginning of April. So here I am in this space trying to figure out how I'm going to build a business, what I'm going to do. And I just kept working as what I kept doing. I was prepping for a very difficult surgery that was coming. I didn't know that at the time um, because we were so behind in appointments. So I really felt isolated. I felt very um, alone, but I felt like it was exactly where I was supposed to be. And I thought, okay, if this is the time that you have asked for, then have no regrets about it. Like I just, I, that's one of the questions I always ask myself is, will I regret if I choose to do it this way? And a number of my friends who I love dearly were just watching Netflix every day, still getting paid their full-time jobs. And I'm like, yeah, I don't have that option. This is, I have to make this work. And all I kept thinking is, no, you're going to make a business out of this. Like you're going to figure this out and understanding that the door started to open really after I turned 50, which is the true essence of what the sixth line is. Yeah. 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 So for everyone um, who's listening, who doesn't know the essence of the six line, basically someone with a six line, their life is split into thirds. So that first third of your life, which is about zero to 30, you go through a lot of experiences, a lot of trial and error, a lot of things that, you know, might be quite difficult to go through. Then in that next 30 to 50 range is that second third. And that's when you start learning those lessons and you start healing from it. You start growing from it. And so in that period, Marsha started writing books. She started sharing her story. She started really getting out there and learning and healing from, from those, those lessons. And then when 50 hits, that's when you really step into that role model role. And she was thrusted into that, into that. And we had a human design reading, I guess it would have been about a year after that happened. Probably. Yes. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And so Marsha was one of my very first human design readings. And I remember her jaw dropping when I was explaining this, like, oh my God. Wait, what? I might, I mean, I'm, I've always heard you're exactly where you're supposed to be, but it was just such a, it was actually calming. Like a lot of people look at it and think, oh, that's, you know, putting people in a box and defining for me, it wasn't, it was a freedom that, okay. So I am exactly where I'm supposed to be and it's okay. It actually unfolded the way that it was meant to. And I think that's the big thing is, is that we want to see the plan. I I knew I was leaving my job. I knew it for a year. I didn't have a clue how or what was going to happen. And I really believe if it was left to me having the courage to walk away from that, I don't know how long it would have taken me for, for me to do it. I think it literally took a pandemic shutting it down and saying there is no option. And there wasn't an option. I didn't have an option until probably the fall and every single thing that would line up for me starting to go back to work was interrupted. So as I was getting ready to go back to work and I had to um, do all of my paperwork for my registration, I ended up getting my MRI that was six months late happening. And they was it was almost immediate. No, you're getting ready for surgery. This is, I'm like, oh, okay. So I guess I'm not going to go back to work. Like there was every single barrier kept coming in 
And I honestly believe that that's because I was not meant to go back. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You had this vision for yourself back in 2019 and it didn't unfold the way that you anticipated it at all, but you're at that end vision though. Mm -hmm. Yes. I had that vision. And I think that's a message for anyone is, is that you, like when you feel that gut pull, you just have to keep staying in action and stay in that course and believe in it, right? Like believe in what it looks like. The more I understand about and learn about subconscious mind, subconscious reprogramming, our subconscious mind doesn't know the difference between past, present, and future. It actually doesn't know at all. So if the vision is there, any vision that drops down for you is for you. It is for you. And it's for you to bring to life by staying in action and keeping moving. And that's okay if it keeps shifting and it keeps doing things. But I just had that feeling. A lot of times it's it's just going to unfold in ways that you could never predict. Yeah. You couldn't predict at all. Yeah. It's just holding that knowing, holding that vision that mm-hmm. it's coming. It's that sitting in anticipation um, and being aligned action yes. when the time feels right. There's no pushing. There's no forcing. It's just sitting in anticipation and taking aligned action. Yes. Yes. So you found human design uh, back in 2021. And so how has your life evolved? What are some things that have changed that have come to life uh, since you've found human design? Honestly, a lot of things. I'm not going to, I like a lot of things for me personally have really made sense. And it's helped me to see that, no, that's actually how you're built. It's okay. Like, it's okay. You can, I learn, I've learned to use some of those things to my strengths. So I am very open in a lot of centers. And one of the things in the beginning, I found myself very caught up with, but where am I defined? And what am I defined? Where are my defined centers? And understanding that all of my conditioning really comes from all of my open centers, which I have so many open ones. So learning to listen to and really honor what I need. An open center for me, I can I can take in a lot of information. I can take in a lot of info. I get different ideas that are not mine, but I can make them my own. And by learning to let myself unpack them and share them in a way. Um, I've learned how to really embrace that side of myself with podcasting. So instead of, you know, I, I keep a little notes app on my phone for an overflow section. And when I am walking or moving or an idea drops down, I write everything in overflow and I leave it and I come back to it. And then I can go back when I'm really in a focused space And as an open throat, I can literally just sit down and probably record five or six episodes at once. Mm -hmm. It allows me to lean into the interviews that I'm doing and really like ask those questions because you can allow that open center to do that. And it's allowed me to, I'm still working on this, please don't get me wrong. It's allowed me to really come to a space of understanding, like, is that a sacral yes for me or is it logical? And I've, I've learned I still learn this. If you ask me a question and I will give you my very first answer will be a sacral yes or no. My second one drops into logic. So I will drop into logic every single time. And I know that doesn't always always serve me, but that is who I am. So I think that's another piece of it is really doing that. 
I also do have um, a defined spleen. I have a ridiculous intuition. The yeah. kind where my family always thought it was crazy. Like it was a bit nutty. Like that's weird that you have that. That intuition has um, led me so many, down so many paths regarding my own health that it actually saved me. It has led me down paths when I was dealing with our kids, my own health, our relationships. It has it has paid its way so many times. And I just learned to embrace that when those gut feelings happen, it's don't question it. Marcia, that just, that happened to you for a reason. There was something there. Listen, ask more questions. So I just find myself really embodying, embracing more of who I am instead of resisting and trying to make myself be something that I'm not. Yeah. I love, oh, I love all of that. So there's, there's two pieces I want to dive into. So one is on your defined sacral and your defined spleen. And so I've always, so whenever you talk, you always talk about this gut feeling, like you, you just, you have this like really strong connection with your gut. And so I'd love for you to explain to the listeners, like, what is that sacral yes feel like to them, like to you so that they can kind of start picking up on what does that feel like for them? No, that's a great question. Um, it's, and I don't always, I have to stop sometimes and think, is that, where did that come from? Or what was that? Sometimes I will see something, something that I feel like I'm called to do, something that is like, oh, I love that offer. I want to learn more. I admire that person. I want to learn from them. Or do I want to do X, Y, and Z? Sometimes it's like Z, hands down. Like I just, it's such a solid, strong feeling. And I know it. Like it's like, it's just a certainty, a level of certainty. And then what happens typically is my open head immediately goes, but how, what's next? And then it's out of my sacral already. Now it's out of there. And now I'm already back to logic, which is never serving me. I'm just honestly being real. Um, So that's what it, the sacral feeling is like a yes. Now I have the pleasure of working with a number of people who do like so much with human design. And so like when I think of my friend, Lindsay, we sit there back and forth. She'll send me a message and she'll say, what's your sacral say? And I'm like, that's a yes. Like, and it's just a certainty, a level of certainty. If it's a, I don't know right now, then it's no. And I actually think um, in business, whether you're defined or not defined, I think our gut is always like, I think it's always talking to us in some way, shape or form. And if it's a, I don't know, then it's probably not right now. And that's Okay that's okay. I actually think that our growth is more defined by the no's that we say than the yeses because in the beginning, right. We say yes to so many things. Cause it's like, Oh my God, I don't want to miss out. I don't want to do this. I don't want to like lose that opportunity. Then I have learned more about myself from the no's and sometimes the no's make no sense. Somebody would think the odd person might be watching and think you just pass that up. And I'm like, yeah, it's a no right now. I don't know why it's just a no. And then there are other things that I will get a gut feeling that is an incredible opportunity that scares the hell out of me. And it's a yes. And that makes no sense either. And I've said yes. And so it's really then when you, when you build that relationship with your intuition, and it's a building a relationship. When you build it, it gets easier to hear it. Because a lot of people say, well, I can't hear it. And I'm like, but when was the last time you listened to it? You yeah. can simply do like, do I want this or this for dinner? Do I, and start asking yourself some questions. Cause I do believe 
our intuition, our subconscious, however you want to say it is always speaking to us. Yeah. It's like a muscle. It's like, like a trust muscle. Like you gotta, you gotta listen to it. You gotta trust it, take action on it and then see the results. You get that evidence built up over time that yes, this works. And I love, I I love how you tie that back to intuition too. Like it's like this gut feeling, but you've also got to define spleen. So there's like this, like in the moment, it makes zero sense, no sense whatsoever, but it's just tied to that sacral. It's like, let's go. Let's, let's do it. it that is hundred percent not understanding how well they were tied together. When I get that feeling most of the time now, I will say yes to something yeah. and it might make no sense to the outside person, like none at all. Um, but understanding that sacral is moment by moment, it's not planning ahead, which is why I resist planning ahead. A lot of times, to be honest, it's like, what do I feel like right now? I've also learned that it means I like to have something to choose from Yeah, my poor husband. It drives him nuts, but he'll say like, what do you feel like doing? I'm like, I don't know. Like what? I don't know. Give me something to choose from. You give me a couple of things and I can choose. And we laugh when I learned this, we've actually built two houses together and renovated one. And I actually, I'm not the designer. Give me, he knows now, give me three options to choose from. And I'll pick one and that's, and then I'm good, but don't ask me to go to the store and pick between 20 options. Cause I literally walk in. I'm like, Nope, don't want to, I don't want to. And I've always been like that, like from day one. So now I understand that as a sacral, I need something to respond to. I need a yes or no. I need a question given to me. And when that happens, I can respond very easily, fluidly. And it makes sense. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's so beautiful. So the other thing that you were talking about earlier was your open centers. So you do have quite a few open centers. So she's got her open head, open Ajna, throat, heart, and solar plexus. So I think the thing that a lot of people are probably going to be surprised about is your open throat. So, so much of what you do is speaking engagements, running group programs, all of those sorts of things. And so I think that this is a love letter to all open throat centers, listening to you talk and seeing what you have done, because I think a lot of people use their open throat center as a kind of a scapegoat or something that holds them back. And it really isn't. It is something just learning about how to tap into it. And really you get these like spontaneous opportunities to speak or working, you know, having a dialogue conversation, like a lot of your, your podcasts are also guest episodes as well. So tapping into the energy of other people and the group programs that you offer is very much in alignment with that, with that open throat center. So I'd love for you to just talk about about that a little bit and how you've developed that relationship with your open throat. Oh, that's a great question. When I first learned about human design and understood um, my very first interpretations of the open throat, I sat there and went, that makes no sense. Like, how do I podcast and speak? It makes no sense whatsoever. Until I really started to understand that as an open throat, that I can, I, I feel like I can take in the information that I'm hearing people see, like what they're saying, their reactions, their like lifetime reactions. And I can interpret and take that in. And then I can put it together and speak it out. And it's almost like this megaphone 
And I've always been like that. Even since I was a kid, I was always told you're too much, like you're too much in how you speak and share. And so I did dim it down for a long time, but then I just started to allow it to be heard. So in being open, I also recognize like, where is my energy best? You're right. It's group programs. I love running group programs. I love the interaction of bringing people together. I also love the space of, and I do attract a lot of people who do have closed or defined throats. I do, which is actually really interesting, but I take that in and I feel like I can see something in them that they don't see yet. That's maybe the intuitive side. I'm not sure what that is, but I can see that and I can foster in a group to allow them to see each other and recognize that they're not alone and that together, like we can all collaboratively, we can do incredible things. So I love the group space. I love the energy of the group space. I love solo podcasting, but I love interviewing like people that are all ready for this conversation. And I think the other thing with the open throat and I've been criticized for that most of my life too, but I'm very quick wit with a lot of my, like I'm very quick when it comes back for comments. And I've always told since I was younger, like I can be very sarcastic and very smart ass, but that's just, that's how I was raised. That's what I did. And I think that's a piece of it is that it's, I can respond very fast with my thoughts and words and what I'm saying. So I've learned to embrace it. And I've learned to, I've actually said it many times after learning. It's like, no, no, you, you don't think that you can speak. It's because you're thinking about speaking and you're not just speaking. And I love to encourage and help others to learn how to share their message by speaking. When I first started, it was very much cue cards, read everything, like no trust whatsoever. And that has just evolved into maybe a few points written down and then being able to speak. And I think the other piece with the open, because I haven't had a lot of in-person events, but I did in 2019. And I remember speaking from the stage. And what I tend to do is I find, you know, two or three people that I can connect eye contact with. And as soon as I see the head nods, like that's rapport. You're building that rapport with somebody. As soon as I feel that and see that, it's like, now I have my people I can speak to and I take their feedback and that might actually shift a little bit about what I'm saying or the energy that I delivered in. So again, just learning that what you think might be a downfall for you is actually your asset. It's actually an asset. Oh, I love that. I love that. I actually, so when I do speaking engagements as well, I, I have a defined throat, but I love to look at the audience as well. And I think that's my undefined sacral. So I'm picking up on the energy of people. And when I feel like I'm hooked on the energy of people, then I'm like, okay, I've got the energy I can get out there. So I totally, it's, it's, it's picking up and understanding our open energy centers, especially when we're speaking, whether it is our throat or you know, how we communicate and, and, and work with other people, we're picking up on energy of other people that we don't even realize we are every single day. And so I think that that is so, 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 so cool. I, I couldn't agree more. And the one other thing I've learned on open, and I've learned to give this as a, maybe a permission slip that when I feel, cause I can take in a lot of info, But then there's always a point, it always happens where it's like, oh my God, no noise, no noise. I need no noise. I don't need to listen to an audiobook. I don't need to listen to a podcast. I need quiet. And that has been understanding just that I can overload very easily because it's all open. 
it takes a while for that to happen. And I'm working on catching that. But I have learned that with all of the open centers, like I do have triggers that it's like, that's too much noise. Now I'm, I'm done. It's too much. Yeah. Oh, that's so cool. That's so cool. So I want to ask you, what is next for Marsha? What is your big vision for your life, for your business? What is it? What is it that you hope to accomplish in this world? Well, when I'm asked a question, I will respond. So I'm going to respond, even though that's putting myself out there. Um, that's what happens. I am doing my master's of NLP right now, neuro-linguistic programming. And that was the very first thing that I took to support me. I didn't see it as, oh, this will be good for my business. I was like, followed my gut and you're meant to take this. And I'm in the process of doing that right now. I feel pulled and it will probably happen is to create my own certification that is NLP based to support writers and speakers to learn how to share their stories. The tools in NLP have been very like so helpful for myself and realizing like how much we carry in our whole lifetime and we continually overload our nervous systems. And then we are not in a space of making good decisions, growing our business, and we're all in worst enemy most of the time. So I'm just learning those tools over and over. And I feel really called that it will tie into that piece of learning how to support upcoming authors, podcasters, speakers wanting to share their story and it's share their vulnerable story, right? It's the difficult parts of our story that we don't always know how to. And I do believe that there are going to be more books on like in the horizon. Um, We are just in the final stages of releasing our latest collaborative book called Everybody Holds a Story. And I believe that that will lead into somehow it will become a publishing house. It'll become something to support other authors. And I mean, even when I say that, there's this part of me that's like, you're being ridiculous, but I can't tell you how many times it's dropped down. Like the idea continually drops down and because it's dropped down, it's meant to come to life some way, shape or form. So I do believe that those two facets of business between a certification program and publishing house will cross paths and become part of the big umbrella how I have no idea. I have no idea. And I'm in total trust. When I first told my husband, I said, I think that I want to build a publishing house. He was like, what do you know about a publishing house? And I'm like, um, I've published books. I've learned that. And in my gene keys, it says I'm very resourceful. So that's what I'm going to lean on. <laughs> yeah. Oh my gosh. I love this for you. I think it is so aligned and I love that. It's such a big vision because like you said, you journaled for an entire year that you were going to leave your leave your job. You were going to figure out a way to make your business happen. And it didn't happen the way you anticipated it, no. but it did. It did happen. Mm-hmm. And so having this big vision, I think this is really important for a lot of people is we have these big visions for ourselves, release the how release the how completely on it and just allow yourself to be present in the moment. Trust and know that whatever you desire is inevitably yours. It is meant for you, but release the how. And even if it's not meant for you in the way that you specifically see it, something better is on its way. Something something is, is coming. It's just set that intention and take aligned action in the present moment and life just unfolds. 
It does. I have right there on my, on my whiteboard here. It's like, this or something better. I say that all the time. It's this or something better. And it might, you know, we have that vision, we drop down, we get into action. And then all of a sudden we hit the first roadblock. A lot of us will stop and go, okay, obviously not meant to be, but actually what might happen, I like to say is that maybe it's a three degree turn. Like you're just off slightly. And then all of a sudden over here is a bigger opportunity than you could have ever imagined. And I think the more we step into this, and I want this to land for somebody who's listening. I know it's scary. I know it's really scary to put ourselves out there. But the second you can start to make your visions not about you and about who is actually praying for you to step into that role, that offer, that business, because there is, there's someone else out there that you can impact. And the second you can shift it, it works for me when I, I get caught in my head. I'm like, wait, this isn't about you anymore. You're meant to do this and there's a bigger reason. And so when you can do that, it really helps to step into that space. And I also think it gives other people permission that they can do the same thing too. Yeah. I love that. And I think that's the way the world's evolving. It's like, it just takes one person and then it inspires other people and then their circle grows and then their circle grows. It's like that, that power of aligned leadership and we're growing. The light is getting brighter, I think in this world. So thank you so, so much for that. So before we wrap up, I would love for you to share how people can work with you and where they can find you. Perfect. Um, the easiest way is anywhere on social media. When you start typing my name, it's Marsha Van W. It'll pop up. It's like Facebook, Instagram. My website is that. And I always encourage people to come and listen to the podcast. My solo podcast is own your choices on your life. And we are into like episode 450 right now. And I have so many unbelievable interviews coming that just blow me away. And the second podcast is Everybody Holds a Story. And that is myself and my friend Sue Rue. And we talk all things, bodies and stories. So between those two, we I have four episodes a week being released and just love the platform. Honestly, absolutely love the platform. It has allowed me to connect with so many incredible people. Oh, that's so awesome. It's that, that generator energy getting so lit up and excited about podcasts. So I, I love it. And you know what, if I can just say like, when you're listening to this, find the thing that lights you up and keep following it, even though it might not make any sense to anyone. I can't tell you how many coaches have told me, why are you podcast so much? Why do you do that? That's not, you're not generating money. You're not doing it. I'm like, my God has told me to, and I don't know when it's going or how it's going to make the best sense but I feel like I am meant to continue on this path. And if there comes a day that I feel like I'm not, then I won't, but for now I do. And so it only has to make sense to you. I love that. Thank you so, so much. And thank you so much for being a guest on this podcast. You're one of the very first few guests. So it just means so much to me. Awesome. Thank you so much, Laura. Thank you for tuning in to today's episode of Empowered Essence. If you loved this episode, don't forget to leave a rating and review on your favorite platform. And until next time, keep shining your light.